When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, here we are again. I mean, in all reality, well, first of all, game recap again, Nebraska loses, yada, yada, yada. You brought your own tea today. You brought your own. I usually I try to provide you. Gonna, yeah. you I, I try to provide you with liquids of various ca- coffee, water, bubbly, wine, whatever you need. You bring your own tea. Well, You're I in just, a tea mood today? What, what's going on with you It's chilly today? outside, it so I chilly. thought a night, it's kind of the basement's a little cooler, yeah. so... Uh, something to a little, something okay. warm. That's fine. I That's want fine. something warm and That's coffee. Fine. I just, I can't do coffee. I hear you. But certain times. Okay. So. I hear you. I hear you. Just want to make sure. Okay. You're good. You got my daughter's face to look at. When, every time you drink some tea, you look at. Well, I got the family there too. You got the family. Yeah. So if you get worked up about some things, like you just look at that, then Christmas, you'll feel. It looks like it's Christmas time there. It was Christmas household. time a long time ago. We have not taken like, if you walk through our house, we have not updated like family photos since you would think my family ended at 20 in 2017. It's just. It, professional photos are just we like, did, oh boy. We did our first round of family photos. Me, Court, and Bell did this yes. year. But do people typically do one a year? I would or assume is so. it- Especially if you're having new additions to oh, the family yeah. for sure. But it's like, yeah, I would think so. See, That's the- a lot. For guys, it's like, Whew. I'll give you one food photo shoot every 10 years. I'm, I'm like, okay, five, I think five years is reasonable. Like right. my family has, I think we had three family photos in 18 years. Right. And that seemed like, okay, that's about right. That's well, it's funny you say that. I was at, so I was at my parents last night. We were celebrating my mom's 70th birthday and we were going through, this is what kids miss. We got out a legitimate, and we'll get to football people, just relax. Nebraska lost again, but (laughs) we got out a huge, gigantic bin full of pictures. And these, this is how you looked at pictures. Yeah. Like basically every photo of me from, when I was born to when I was 25 years old, like they're all in that bin and that's it. But isn't it kind of great when yes. you get to see them finally, you're like, it, it blows you away it that, does. that they exist. It does. Where if you have, I don't know, say 10,000 photos of yourself that you've always gotten to look at, does do they matter? I, well, I... Like, like kids now are going to grow up with like, I mean, my daughter has a video of herself almost from every day. My wife is right. like three videos a right. day, a hundred pictures every day of her life. Yes. Will she like any of them or? I think you get weight. I, I mean, yes and no. It won't mean as much. Like, That's what I'm saying. Again, your yearbook photo was basically the only for sure photo of you that was going to happen in that given year. And you better hope it's a good one because that was like how you, in my mind, I was like, it better be a good one. Cause then when girls over the summer are looking through the yearbook, <laughs> you're like at Nick Boss, ugly, you know? Yeah, or, I mean, it, it was, it's a big deal. It's doing a lot of advertising for you. Yes, that's it. That's your only advertisement is like, here I am. I don't remember. Do they just go like, all right, three, two, one. I don't know. It's like, that's person, intense. Like, 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 what do you think? Like you couldn't, I mean, even the disposable cameras, you had to just like take it and hope you got it. Well, and your lovely daughter. I mean, Mava's, oh, Mava's Mava is like a, a really pretty, She's adorable. Uh, she's adorable. Yes. And she's learning the like, like she smiling fire. isn't always 
all yes. cracked up to be. She, it can be hard. I've sent you both of her. Her <laughs> kindergarten and first grade photo are two of. I, I mean, I everybody's laugh, biased. Nick, I think she's I, a, a gorgeous little um, girl, and she her it's Fire Marshal Bill in kindergarten. She's just. <laughs> Let me show you something. Let me show you something. It's so funny, though. It's so funny. And then it's almost as if someone farted right as she was, <laughs> as the photo was getting taken in first grade, and she's got this like What's stink it? face on it. And it's like, that's it, though. Oh, but it's, it is. It's like, it's horrible. You get, you get one shot at it, and you're stuck for a year right. with that photo. Right. Yeah. That's, that's it. That's it. To, to, the yearbooks were a big. Yearbooks were a big deal, I guess, to me, like growing up. Huge deal. Even like middle school. Middle school, high school, yeah, that was. Like I feel a like high school. I think I thought they were a bigger deal in middle school. High school, Agreed. it started to subside a little bit. Yeah, but like getting people to sign your yearbook, and if you got a couple of girls you had a crush on, and they're like, "Hey, cutie, loved having you in math class. Call me this summer." Heart, whatever. You were like, "Oh okay, my okay. god!" So this is it. In middle school, this was it. <laughs> this was the thing. But if they left the number, the number was like. If Monday. they let, because they'd always write the message, hey, cutie, what's up? Hope we see you this summer, blah, blah, blah. Every girl said the same thing. But some girls they left the digits, wrote dog. their phone numbers in. So why were yearbooks important? <laughs> it's like a phone It book. was like the Potential first way time to, yeah. you got a girl's right. phone number right. in your life. Well, and... It was their parents' number, by That's the way. That's like, this or drives me crazy with kids, It wasn't man. a cell phone. It was their parents' or house phone some, or teen line. Some girls had a teen line, which is a huge, like, thank, please have a teen line. Yeah, yeah. But kids don't know these days. Like, be, be 15 years old and call someone, call a girl's house and have that person's, that girl's dad answer the phone. Like, you want to talk about courage. Yeah. Is is Cindy there? Yeah, hey, what's up? It's like, who is this? It's like, I mean, um, I go uh, to school with her. This is Bo, yeah. and I, I'm i in her geometry uh, class. Uh, I just want to talk to her. I have a zit. I'm just trying to, you know. But it's, seriously, uh, though. Nobody, I got to go. Bye. I got to go. Bye. But, yeah, kids don't know these days. Wow, I mean, we're five minutes in. We haven't talked about football. Here we well, go. Well, we're stalling. Well, Nick. you know what it is? In Back to the Future, when Marty looks at that old photo, things start to fade. It feels like, once again, and it's not new, the more we look at the photo, we break out the photo album of Nebraska football, just things start like, hey, here's physicality, and then physicality starts to like disappear. Here's, hey, here's, you know, fundamentally sad disappear. Like that. So I believe in that picture, isn't one of the, isn't the girl in it wearing a sweatshirt with Mickey Mouse on it? That sounds right. Is Mickey Joseph Mickey Joseph, there you go. Wearing a Mickey, the head coach? That's it. That's what, at the end, we'll get into, like, where are we at on, because Mitch Sherman's in the headline, and I don't want to, I mean, I don't think those guys write their own headline, but it was like, is is Mickey Mania over, is pretty much. Well, then who's the Marty McFly that can say, is it Logan Smothers? Does Logan Smothers I'm not sure. act I'm, as Marty Fly, McFly here? How do... Who saves Mickey? Like well, who's Mickey? Like what's Mickey's chances right now? I'd say things look slim. The doc is Trev. <laughs> Great Scott. Great maybe Scott. maybe Mickey is Marty McFly. There, yes, I think. I, yeah, yeah there, I don't Mickey's think there's Marty McFly. Doc is Trev. Doc is Trev. And they're trying hard. And Biff is like Michigan. Like, yeah, manure. <laughs> I hate manure. 
Mick, this, Nebraska, hello, yeah, hello, wake up, you're ahead of the first quarter. Hello, but Nebraska. What was the final, what did it end up being, 20 to 13? It ended up being 20 to 13, right? Yeah. At 20 to 13. Uh, listen, I don't, I'm not sure where you want to get things rolling. Uh, I think we just start, I want to start with the quarterbacks and, the, and just offense. Okay. okay, yeah, yeah. It's just it's it's amazing how it's really amazing how these two games were very similar to each other, both Illinois and Minnesota. Yeah. First drive of the game, so no Casey Thompson, not surprising. We said that was probably going to be the case with the way the Vegas line put it at 16. First drive of the game, nine plays, 75 yards. They ran the ball on seven of the nine plays, touchdown. Second drive, 11 plays, 50 yards, end up in a field goal. First two drives, Things look pretty good. And in the first quarter, it was probably the best quarter Nebraska had played all season on both sides of the ball. Anthony Grant had 80 yards rushing in the first quarter. Yeah. The the defense was terrific. And it was just a collapse of epic proportions. The Dick Bob Podcast is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors. And I want to talk to you guys about energy efficiency. And if you go into Pella's website right now, you look at it. And how about this? One, two, three, four, five different types of windows or doors. By Pella, won the Energy Star 2020 Most Energy Efficient Award. That's big-time stuff right there. And they achieved that in a couple of waves. They got insulated glass, which slows the heat transfer, keeping your home at a more comfortable temperature. They got types of low-E glass, which is a glass coating that has been optimized for your climate. They got triple-pane glass, which you can upgrade to for increased insulating airspace. And within all of that, one of the keys is proper installation, which is key for window and doors to perform at their best. And you know the Pella experts are excellent at that. Bottom line, energy efficiency matters in making your home more comfortable. And Pella windows and doors are at the top of the line when it comes to energy efficiency. Check them out online, PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. Okay, let's start with the first two drives of the game because things were looking really, really good initially. First drive, nine plays, 75 yards, touchdown. Seven of the nine plays, running the ball. Anthony Grant was rolling. Second drive, 11 plays, 50 yards, and a field goal. So first two drives end in points. First two drives are moving the ball. Then after that third drive, six plays, 19 yards, and a punt. So you have the first 26 plays, 144 yards, 10 points. Then there is a collapse of epic proportions here. You have six straight three and outs. You don't have a first down spanning for two full quarters. You have 18 plays, 24 yards, five punts, one interception, zero points. I guess let's start so, with... So hold on, let me stop you there. You're saying we didn't get one first down in the second or third correct. quarter. So we... Oh, wow, we didn't get one first Not, down in the second quarter? Because there, there was... You were at the game. Did you... There was a... Uh, what is, is it called a Bronx cheer? Like the sarcastic cheer? I don't know why would we call it a Bronx... Like our Bronx people like, Oh, yeah, very well done. You let him go, <laughs> yeah. Bill. Nice oh, I job. love what you're doing out oh, there. Yeah, I'm walking in. Nice job. You let me walk uh, down the sidewalk really, uh, here. You really look good out Give there today. Give it up for him, Tony. Hey, Chubba. All day. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep that. Gonna have a kick out block there. <laughs> But it, it seemed like there was a sarcastic cheer on a first down. It's called the Bronx cheer? I thought it was called a Bronx cheer. I might be that dead wrong. That makes sense. I mean, I don't know. I've never done that other than what we just did right there, but that seems right. I, hey, if it's wrong, right I don't want to be Bronx cheer, a sound of content made by blowing through closed lips through a tongue between them. Psst. 
Gee, this scary. Yeah, I don't know. Is that? Yeah, it's it's believed to originate from the making of a sound during a sporting or other event in the Bronx. So there you go. We're going with it. We're going to go with okay. it. I don't know if it's true, but okay. Uh, yeah. So no first downs for two full quarters. Wow. Six again. Six possessions. Six three and outs. Eighteen plays. Twenty four yards. Five punts. One interception. Before we get into the quarterback thing, did you feel like? We know our our boy Whip is is prone to want to throw it. Yeah. Did it seem like he abandoned? Not abandoned. I don't know what the word is. Did he get pass happy? Did he? Did you feel like the play calling all of a sudden was like, "What are you doing?" And this is hard. Like, uh, you know, my my stance is always I try not to tell people how to call specific plays. Right. right? Like that. That's that does no good to th- you know these guys are professionals. This is what they do. I just think like we started out like we're going to run it and we did run it and we had success. And for some reason we didn't want to commit to like, let's just keep giving Anthony Grant the ball downhill. Like, you know, and that's not just like giving the ball. It's like downhill giving yes. the ball, like simple plays that we're not going to lose yards on sort of keep us on track. And then when we do throw, you know, at least the first handful of throws Chubba through, they were like screen pat, like little bubble screens or Boot. like quick yeah, out, you yeah. know, like five yard hitch to Palmer, those type of, uh, you know, to me is like, as soon as Chubba started throwing the ball, like he had a couple throws. That you're like, Oh, you know, we got, yes. we got lucky that we didn't get more interceptions. We should have went so quickly back to a power run concept of some kind. It just kept handing the ball to Grant. Um, because I think we like, how many carries did he end up with? He ended up with. Let's take a look. I had it in front of me. Now I lost it. I have it right here. So Nebraska, Nebraska rushing. Anthony Grant, 21 carries for 115 yards. I 80 think, of which were in the first quarter. 80 was in the first quarter. And I think he had 10 carries in the first quarter. Right. And I think to me, it's like if you look across the aisle, Minnesota is behind. For nothing. For most of the game, right? Yes. Let's call it through most of three quarters. They're behind yeah, because, yes. Nebraska. Correct. And Muhammad Ibrahim has 32 carries, right? So I think this is my point is more like this is the game where Anthony Grant should have had 32 carries. And the 10 carries he didn't get should have been in the second and third quarter. Totally agree. Instead, we're throwing, we're putting Chubba in a position where. Uh, it's really early on Chubba. We've he, he's just this is his first real game playing, right? Right. right. Um, and I think we were asking him to to think a little too much. No, you're you're so right that rather than get in, it just seemed like you know you know what's weird is this was the opposite. There's the Mike Tyson line of everybody's got a plan until you get punched in the face. Nebraska had a plan. And they deviated from it like they got punched in the face when they were like winning the game. Cause that, cause I thought it was clear. I was like, whoa, the first yeah. drive and really two drives of the game, you would know better than me. It seemed like it was consistently two tight ends. There were two tight ends on the field. There was a lot of under center. Yeah. They were doing some, some motion with Palmer and handing it to Grant. There seemed like, then obviously the touchdown run, it was like give, 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 keep. touchdown to Chubba it seemed like there was a concerted plan to come out 
run the ball downhill. Don't put Chuba in, in harm's way. And it's just odd that they decided to just go away from that, even with a lead. Yeah, I mean, I th- that's part of who Whipple is, though. I I don't think he can. He wants to do that all game long. No, he I mean, clearly I think, doesn't. I, I don't he, think it's like a. I don't mind, know if he does. It's like he doesn't. No, in his mind, he he did what I think he th- he probably Mickey and everybody wanted to do is like we need you to run the ball the first quarter, settle Chuba down. Right. And then I think he Whipple's personality is, well, now let's see what Chuba can do. Right. Where I think I'm like, I, I, this is not the time to experiment. We got to lead. I, and I, I'm just, this is where we're at. This is not how I want to feel. Like, I don't want right. to be this conservative all the time. But, like, right now, we can't win a game. Like, until we can win a game, I'm don't, I just don't want to take chances. Like, I don't want to take a bunch of these chances on like let's figure out if Chubb is good or not yet like how about we just keep giving the ball to Anthony Grant who we know is good right or just it, safe pat like Minnesota here's what I'll give Minnesota they didn't do a great job on offense no they really didn't they were not good but you know what Minnesota didn't do they didn't never beat themselves they didn't turn it over and they kept handing the ball off and they kept doing sort of you know like picking their spots in the passing game and the, they're very safe passes. Everything's safe. Right. Um, so it's very manufactured football, which, okay, it's not it's not as exciting, but it won them a game. They won by doing that consistently. And after it, about, you know, 20 carries, it started to get a lot harder to tackle Mo Ibrahim. Right. right? It wasn't that hard to tackle in the first 10. It's those last 10 that's like, well, this dude's hard to tackle now. And what got harder, too, is the quarterback change. Their backup was a little bit more. He was a run threat. Yeah. So a couple times he kept it and was able to run. And then that gets in your head, I assume, as a defender. Like, yeah. damn, that dude could keep it and go. But I, I just think with Whip, what, what we're getting at is like a part of coaching. There's what you want to do. Versus what gives you the best chance to win. Yeah. And there's what the defense is telling you to do versus what you know your player can or cannot do. Yeah. And Whip is failing at that. That's the part I I think I'm with you is it. Like, I don't question whether Whip's a good player. He knows what he's doing. I like the way he schemes up some plays. For sure. I just think that, like, he's a little out of touch with what it's going to take to win with this team right now. Right. And so that's where it's kind of a hard, it's kind of hard. I think in the right situation, Whip is like the better the quarterback and the better the offense. I think Whip will elevate that past the regular coordinator. But I also feel like right now, like he's taking a team that needs something else and he's forced him to try to do too much. I mean, with Casey Thompson, you can do a little more. Because he's when, capable of that. When it's Chubba or Smothers, like man, like that's not how he wants to coach. And and I think have he's bore bore up a little bit, right? And th- so that's what there's always that hard part as a coach. You know, you got to tailor what you do to the team that you have. Now, ideally, you're at a place where you recruit the you know the groceries you want to cook with. Yeah. He doesn't have that luxury right now. Now, what's unfortunate, and this leads us into another thing, is he went to the grocery store and got Chubba Purdy. Yeah. And so what I also think you're seeing is, well, first let me preface by saying this, because we, we, you and I always talk about this. You talked about how you never want to necessarily weigh, on, weigh in on specific play calls. You and I are both in lockstep that usually you and I don't want to 
criticize or get into the playing time discussions because I think there's something like it's hard to feel confident about what you're saying when you're not at practice. We don't see practice. What if a guy sucks five days a week? It's hard to just throw that guy out there. I even thought there was a little, Mickey dropped a little nugget in there in the postgame press conference that he's basically talked about Smothers needs to be more consistent through the week. I can't remember what the exact quote was, but that was what yeah. it what it basically was. But I don't feel like this is quite that. I think what you're seeing is how impactful labels are and biases are. Mm-hmm. Smothers has gotten labeled as the runner. He's the runner. He's the runner. He's not a thrower. He's a runner. And Chubba Purdy has gotten labeled as, yeah, you can throw it. If you got to throw it, go with Chubba. I guess for me, when I when I hear those labels and I watch, I've just all I can go off of is five quarters of football here. I have no earthly idea how you could come away with thinking those things in terms of Chubba being. I look at it like I don't see how Chubba's a better thrower than Logan. Well, I, I would say you could make an argument that in practice, Chubba is could be doing whatever. Right, Smothers is not, and that's probably true. Um, I think it doesn't take very long for the average fan to watch both of those two guys in two different games now and go, who looks comfortable playing football out there and who doesn't? And Chubba, he for whatever reason, comfortable. He, when he has to throw it and make a decision, it it's trouble. I mean, it is really trouble. And and I guess for me, like, I, here's where I'm struggling is like, Mickey says, you know, he says, Chubba, uh, he, you know, he just gets so nervous out there or he, or he gets happy feet or he's like, wait, he can't see the field right now. I'm like, what is he doing good? Like, right. So like to me, it's like they think he's a little bit nervy, skittish. Like that's the last thing I want to hear about my quarterback. Yeah, we talked about that on at the, the last pod. I don't get I don't see that out of Smothers at all. So to me, I'm like, all right, like Either Chubb is so good and for some reason it's not coming out or I, that's what I'm trying to understand. It's like he doesn't seem to be the guy that's like mentally ready to go. Right. Like mentally like comfortable to manage this game and make decisions. Okay. Yeah. His arm's better than Smothers. Done. We know that. Can he make the decision and get throw it where you're yeah, supposed what to good throw is it? it? What good is it that if he's got a better arm, if he can't, if he's not mentally there, if he doesn't know like when you can't take a sack and when you need to throw it away and like, don't throw it in a triple coverage every time. Right. Uh, I don't think it matters how good your arm is. As yeah. Much, right? well, and, and so what I think we're also getting to is, so I talked about where the importance of labels <clears throat> and the, and the importance of biases. Yeah. This is, from the outside looking in, this is just how I observe it. Mark Whipple has known and recruited Chubba Purdy for basically years. three, four years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Been to his house, been to high school football games, talked to him on the phone, talked to his parents, talked to his mom, recruited him to Pitt. He went to Florida State. Went to Nebraska, recruited him to Nebraska. He finally comes to Nebraska. I would argue that the only player on the entire roster Mark Whipple feels any connection to is Chubba Purdy. I or, think... Or has history with. Or has yeah. history. Yes, yes. yeah, yeah the, that's a better way to put it. Has history with yeah. is Chubba Purdy. And I think on some level, 
Whip is sitting here thinking, if I'm going to go down, which he, let's be honest, he's probably thinking, man, I'm out of I'm probably not going to be here. This season's going nowhere. If I'm going to go down, I'm going, with, I'm going down with the guy that I've known for three, four years. I got a little bit of history with. Yeah. Because, because then you contrast that. Nobody on this current staff has any real connection or loyalty to Logan Smothers. Frost is gone. Mario Verduzco is gone. If I'm not mistaken, I think Eric Chenander was involved in the recruiting of Logan Smothers. Eric Chenander has gone. So when these doors, when, when the doors shut in these meetings with these coaches, who's really going to bat for Logan Smothers? And if you think this shit doesn't matter, it matters. Yeah, yeah. It really does. On who recruited this guy, who's going, like, this stuff matters. So what... Because to stick with Chubba Purdy for five horrific quarters, let's be honest, five horrific quarters of football, five quarters, two two in the second half of Illinois, then three at the start of Minnesota, five quarters, 10 total points. When you then hear about the 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 little nugget at the press conference last week, that Chubba Purdy was uh, a little banged up, had missed a little bit of practice time, like all of the signs point to not Chubba Purdy or better give Smothers a little bit more of an yeah. opportunity. And and yet it's still going with Chubba. To me, that screams that whip. I just look at that and go, this guy, this is a guy that's got some history with this dude. And he's just, he's riding with his dude. I, I think that's completely fair. What you're saying. And a part of me goes, I can understand why Whip's doing it if that's sure. the case. Like I, I can actually understand like if that's your guy, you you just it's a trust thing. Like you think he's another caliber talent and quarterback, which I can probably get when you're watching people throw balls all day. He says, It's not even close. Chubba can throw better than than Logan when we're doing these when we're doing routes. Right. When we're in practice. The problem becomes in a game. It's different. Yes. And some guys in games elevate. They're gamers. They just have a sense. They have a feel. They're not scared. And some guys, when you get in a game, it gets big, it gets bright, it gets scary. You feel the pressure. They can actually hit you now. Um, A position like quarterback, there's no doubt that's probably the number one position where the difference between the game and practice is so significant. huge. Uh, So it's not easy. And I, I want to give Whip some some leeway that he sees it every day. Yes. But there's no doubt he's going with his guy in this moment. Well, yeah, I don't even think... I mean, I'm saying, like, I think it's this. It's clearly that. And again, I don't necessarily... I can understand that. And... I can. I just I don't can, know can, if it's the right call. I just like, don't, I just don't <laughs> think know. it's clearly not yielding any of the right results. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, again, five five quarters of this... 10 total points, really only two drives of any, other than that, it's been a lot of nothing. Yeah. I mean, let's think about this. The drives have been good. have been the scripted drives, right? So it's scripted. They get to practice them. They get to think about them. And as soon as you go off script, we can't execute, right? We can't do anything. It's a bad sign. It really is. So I, I just, I don't know if... What's hard is like what would solve all this is Casey Thompson just coming back into the equation. You know, he's healthy, comes back, and now everything's you know whips back into into shape. But at this point, if if Casey doesn't play this week, I don't know how you don't go with Logan Smothers. Okay, that's because because the argument for should have been Smothers this week. 
I don't know that I would have made a good argument because it's hard to make Chuba Chuba just didn't have time to practice. Okay, whatever. This week to go back to Chuba after his performance and seemingly things start clicking a little bit more with Smothers. Um, I think it's a hard argument to make to not go Smothers at this point. Well, and I just don't like just watching them throw again. I don't. Maybe Chubba's Dan Marino in practice and we don't see it. I just don't. Logan looks like he's, like, the ball down the seam to Marcus Washington, way Fine. better than any throw Chubba Purdy's made. Chubba's like, been off. Every, like, yes. every every throw's been off or it's so into triple coverage, you're just like, well, here comes the pick. Right. And he's gotten, he got lucky three or four times, too. I mean, that's right. the I'm like, Ooh. Yeah, he could, have two, he could have two to three or four more interceptions on the season. Th- three this game alone. Yeah. And, and so... I, I don't know. It's it is it is puzzling. But here's the thing. All we're talking about is Whipple. Like on some point, it's easy. This is where this is this is where this what we talked about over the course of the last six, seven weeks has made this assessment for Mickey tough because it's it's sometimes like you just it's always not on Mickey. Like Mickey's got like Mickey's the head he right now he is the head coach. Yeah. Now he's saying all the right things afterwards. Him and him and uh, Whipple are on the same page. I think he doesn't want to micromanage Whipple, but at on some at some point, like Whip Mickey Joseph's got to got to assert himself. And this 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 quarterback debacle is on him too a little bit. Yeah, it's uh, you know because this is you know Mickey's here's the thing. Mickey's got to do what's right for the team, right? He does need to do what's right for what Mark Whipple wants or expects. He, he his first job is to do what's right for the team to win games. Uh, you know, then it's then he you know the what's good for Mickey, what's good for Whipple. That's secondary. You know, so he's got to do what's right for the team, and that might mean telling Whip to do things Whip doesn't want to do. Like right. Whip, I know you don't want to run this Brock, but guess what? You're doing all second quarter. I want you to run it damn near every time. Like I want the ball. Like I want base runs. I want to get up the field. I want to go, you know, like I want to rest our defense. I want to, I want to eat some clock. I want to, yes, I want to eat clock, you know, and, and, and the, the fact that if he's not harping on that and not inserting himself into that, that's a, that's a head coaching thing that, you know, that you are responsible to do that. And so that, that's, that's hard because I, I think when things are going good, you don't have to micromanage that. You just let your guy go. You can let Whip do what Whip does. Right now, if he doesn't, if he's not on the same page with you, you got to make sure he's on your page. Yes. And that's that's not easy when you, in this situation, because it's not like I'm the head coach, I hire you, you work for me. It's like, it's hard. It's This tough- is Mark Whipple. He's got a position that he is your you talk like right. Mickey was under Whipple. Yes. And Whipple's all of a sudden, the coordinator that's the weird thing about and it. And then Mickey's the receivers coach. And it's been Whipple telling Mickey, here's what we're doing and why. And then all of a sudden something happens and you reverse it. That's a hard transition to then now like you gotta tell Whipple how to call the game. Like that doesn't really work well most of the time. Well, and a couple, couple of things here. Uh I think Number one, for, you know, running the ball takes 
sticking to the run, all that stuff takes patience on a variety of levels. Patience that it's going to, you know, like what, what P.J. Fleck clearly has, that that two-yard run becomes a four-yard run by the third and fourth quarter. Yeah. You've got to have patience to do that, and you got to have the patience to not get antsy to just take a shot and score. I think that's something that that Whip has a hard time with. And then I also think one thing that's maybe challenging is like without knowing exactly how Casey Thompson's elbow is, what's maybe hard is to defend maybe the coaches for a second. Put if if Casey's status is truly a game time decision, that's actually hard because in a perfect world, your backup quarterback and and your starter, you're gonna run, you're gonna have like the same sort of game plan. You're gonna yeah. do the same things. Well, in this situation, it's completely different. And so, what's challenging is where do you draw the line on? You almost have to create two different game plans. Like yeah. it, that's yeah. where I don't know. Like this week, is Casey gonna play? Because that, that you have a totally different type of game plan. Because if he's not, you gotta you gotta commit to running the ball. Yeah, you, you know what if, I mean. If like Casey is going to play, you call the game for Casey being in there. If it's either he's not playing or you're not sure if he's playing, the game needs to be 100 percent run focus. Protect your backup quarterback. Right. That's your game. And then when Casey comes in. Unfortunately, he's going to have to run a version of that that he can. You can go off track with Casey because he's because he's more already reps. been doing it. exactly. Just I plan think it's hard for, to go off track with these newer quarterbacks because there's just so much more to process for the it, first time. It also is interesting, and I don't know really what to make of this. And again, we're doing a lot of speculation because we're not in these meetings. We don't know what a lot of these That's conversations the part, yeah. are like. But like, it's interesting to me how quickly Mickey asserted himself with the defense. Chin, one game, Chinander, you're out of here. Bush, you're in. We're doing. We're gonna do. We're, in practice, we're tackling. We're doing. Yeah. Like it's interesting, especially a guy that comes from the offensive side. He. It was easy for Mickey to to clearly come heavy handed with what he wanted defensively. Yeah. That doesn't. There seems to be a reluctance for that in this situation on the on the offensive side. Well, I think we were humming on offense at that point, though. Like, if you yeah. if you think about like our well, I'm first saying after once that once Casey's gone down, yeah, yeah. So I I think though, like in the moment, it was seeming like oh, we can score, but we can't defend, right? And so that seemed like where we needed to make changes, but I don't think we'd ever solve the the real like how can we run the ball consistently thing. Um, and now like we're getting to the big 10 play and it just feels like we just, we can't score like we, we were. And especially now that with Casey out, like it, it, it's a whole new set of problems he has to fix. And like, you're right. Like I think it's a different, like it's a different animal to, to say, Oh, now this is the side you've been seeing the whole time. What do you need to do now? Explain to me, ex- explain to me how, you know, because all the all the success they had running the ball in the first quarter, it wasn't like it was, well, they got a bunch of yards on two big chunk plays. They were, like, running the ball well. How, how were they able to run the ball? And then what's hard is to, they kind of went away from it. But, like, what happened? Well, uh, you know, I, I rewatched the game again this morning and just kind of I, I buzzed through. And, you know, they're mostly base runs of ours. They weren't. I mean, there was nothing crazy. They had the one where they had the, the double puller with the tight end. Yeah. That worked well. But, you know, like, Grant just broke through. as a pretty basic play. Like, it was essentially like an ISO out of that shotgun handoff, yeah. right? So, it's just, 
there's nothing magical about it. It's like you just got to keep tr- plugging away. And Grant made somebody miss in the hole. And that's how you get 40. Sometimes they do, like, they just miss a tackle. Like, you just got to keep pressing. And not everything has to be, like, a home run scheme. Like, you sometimes you just got to do it. Like, Minnesota ran, I don't know, 20, like, yes. inside zone meshes that were just, like, the long dragging zone mesh that, like, they just squeamed for four to eight and yards. He, and and uh, Ibrahim is just a, he's a little bowling ball. Yeah. Rams it in there. Was and, there anything amazing about that scheme? Like, no, they just did it really well. And I think we just so quickly go away from any sort of like base runs. Um, like, and you know, I, I like that we called draws, but our draw game sucked. So like our draw and screen game sucks. Even though I'm happy we would call, like calling those draws is not bad. I don't want that to be our only runs though. Like right. we don't just line up and pound people. Uh, Cause that's a different mindset than, than these, than these draws. I like draws. If you don't only run draws, like you need to have a run game and incorporate the draws and the screens to relieve the pass rush. So I don't know. We're just bad at draws and screens and we don't have a base run game. Like you need to have the base run game first and you sprinkle in the draws and screens to relieve. Cause we can't block our biggest weakness is we cannot pass block like base right. pass block. We're terrible. Um, our base run blocking, not that much better, but I also think that is, it's, it's, if you try and can only get a yard or two or three or whatever, it doesn't really hurt you though. Where if you keep trying to drop, drop back, yeah, you're, you're taking sacks, interceptions, right. Or incompletions where you, you put yourself in long, these long downs. You're stopping the clock. You're then, stopping yeah, the clock. Like it's, more bad things happen when you don't just base run. Base run is safe. Sometimes it's boring. Sometimes it's not super effective, but it keeps you on schedule, keeps your defense off the field, shortens the game, and it wears on the defense. Like, they don't get wins out of it. It's like you just keep hammering, It's just, and it will wear them. Yeah, I, it's just bizarre how there was success running the ball. Like, the offensive line was doing a decent job in the first quarter. There also was this, like, I've used this stupid, you know, the in hook when the the fat kid Where is from this going? <laughs> Where could this possibly the be? The Lost going? Boys has the bowling ball guy? Yeah. And he has uh Peter, which is Robin Williams, he goes, Peter, there you are. Oh yeah, yeah. It was like Anthony Grant. There you are. Like there was a reminder of like this motherfucker's good. Like yeah. that's what's so weird about it. It's like you would think on uh, like with uh, Nebraska, they oh, they gotta they gotta heave it to move the ball. So they got running back sucks. Like, no, he's actually a really good player. Really good player. And he got he got eighty yards in the first quarter. Eighty yards and ten carries in the first quarter, and then it's like it's, and we just kind of forgot he existed. I mean, that's what it is though. Like you're so many things two, about this. That's where it's like if like Oh, you must have a quarterback that's got a, a cannon. You're like, no, no, not really. Like that Jeff Birdies. Got a cannon. Yeah, I know from experience. Like, no, 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 he doesn't. Like, well, not him personally, but a guy I knew. <laughs> yeah. He had a cannon. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. <laughs> oh God. I'm sorry with my nineties movies references here, but uh They usually go the nineties, don't they? Yes, they do. But, but yeah. no, okay, but yeah, Grant, you go 
You lean on the, like if you got a good running back, which we haven't had forever. Lean on him. Give him. I want. He's a 30, good player. Give him thirty carries. This is his thirty carry game against Minnesota. First week with a backup quarterback. Give Anthony Grant thirty carries. While we have a lead too, we yes, think, got up ten nothing. We just, got a lead, so we got the lead. And I was. This is what I did. I, was, I'm, I went to the game with Goldie, uh, and, our buddy, yeah. and, and my nephew is his first Husker game. Which I saw those pictures. He of slept me. through two quarters of the game. It's amazing. He was Nebraska's offense. He was. A, it was a an analogy or a you know he was emblematic of Nebraska's yeah, offense. He Once watched he, the first quarter and he slept through it. So he, <laughs> knew, he knew that we were going to throw it a lot. Yeah. Um. Anyway, <laughs> I kept I kept talking. I, go, I kept looking at the time of possession. I go, how is it that we're up ten, and they are still beating us in time of possession? Like, and I just kept watching that, and I go, we gotta keep a hold of the ball. We can't let them do what they try to do to us, and we. Once again, we got the lead, and we didn't do what we should have done, which is play their game, which is hold the ball, pound the rock, make it slow and boring, let them make a mistake. Instead, we like we put too much on our quarterback, and we left too much margin for error. I just felt like, especially when you got up ten nothing. In my mind, I was or like, too oh, little margin. Yes, we didn't give ourselves enough. A big yeah, yeah. It was like. When Nebraska got up 10 nothing, to me it was like, okay, you need to go to a pound Grant, sprinkle in some zone read Chubba, like if you're going with Chubba, yeah. and just bleed the clock a little bit and then take your shot. Yeah. I, like, I, I, I don't know. There's something like, and I was, I think my most, I, I think where I was most frustrated is, I think it was about eight minutes to go in the second quarter. And our defense stones them. Stones them. And we get a sack. Yep. They punt out of their own end zone. We get the ball at the on forty-seven. Let yes. me see if I can write. Yeah, I, going in, and we st- we're in a shotgun, and it looks like we're about to throw, and we get a false start. Yes. And then we take a sack, and then we punt the ball into their end zone. It's uh, exactly right. And it, I'm just sitting there going, I just thought to myself, now that's bad football. Like we're up ten nothing. The game's in our hand, and we can't just, you I, know, like, not yes. to say you got to score, but you got to drive and get get a field goal at worst and take more clock, pound them some, keep your momentum, and then, you know, maybe we're going into halftime and it's 13 or 17 nothing, and, I mean, then you really just go hand it, hand it, hand it, the game, I mean, Good exact, luck with that team, like really winning you, that game if we don't mess it up ourselves. Yes, that would that felt like a huge, I even wrote it down in bold, missed opportunity. It was yeah. Minnesota gets the ball. They try to run wide. Gifford and Mathis strung it out and stuff it. Second and 13, fumbled handoff, Morgan and Ibrahim. Morgan dives on it. Third and 16, Mathis and Tanner run a twist. They both sack Tanner Morgan punt. Nebraska starts the ball starts at the Minnesota forty seven. False start. Second and fourteen. Drop back pass. Pass rush. Scott Purdy sacked. Third and eighteen. Swing pass to Ramir Johnson. Short gain. You have to punt it, and then you punt it out of the end zone. Yeah, I mean it's just bad football. It's bad football when they give you an opportunity. The momentum's on your side, and you just don't have any idea what to do with it. To to be critical of a couple of other things. Uh, it was pretty embarrassing to have a touch to to have a delay a game out of a 
kickoff touchback. Yeah. Oh boy. Uh, it was pretty remarkable. There was a third and 11 where they were in four down territory where they ran the ball late. That was a little bit confusing. They ended up getting it on, uh, I believe on, on throwing the ball in fourth. Yeah. Um, and then it is pretty amazing. I'm not sure if you got to where, uh, if you saw it live, but rewatching it, it's, it is amazing that late in the game, Logan Smothers didn't run for the first down. Oh, we were sc- in, in the stadium. We were screaming at him. Like I, it, it, it was one of those, like he's in there to use his legs. And that's the one time that he is third and five, the minute 20 to go. And all you need is a first down and you've got, they've given it to you. It is. And it, you can run out of bounds. Yes, it wasn't even like, a, ooh, ooh, he's going to have to really, he's going to have to dive for it. And put it his, was, no, he could have, Trotted for trotted. six, seven yards. Yeah, and then we're, then we have a first down. I don't know, was it like at the fifty? Yeah, it was around. It was in that vicinity. I should look at where it was. But I yes, mean, you're, it, it was, you're right in the middle of the field. So like, but yeah, there was a minute twenty nine left, third and five. It's just another like. It, it's just so hard when, like, to watch when guys don't know how to play football on the field. It's like stuff it, was that, that, it was at the Nebraska forty seven. So right at midfield. But that play was just he threw it away like it was. First of all, the even in the first quarter, you take the run for the first down, but he threw it away like he was running out of time or he wasn't going to be able to get out of bounds. I have no idea what he was seeing. I think he was trying to throw it to Brewington. He just I mean, he sailed, sailed one that on bitch. him. But like, it was a 10-yard gain instead of the seven to get out of bounds for sure. It's like there shouldn't have been a thought. It should have been like, you know you can get the first is all that matters. It's, un- so it's that- all that matters in that moment. And that's where I, Smothers is. I mean, like I said, we don't want to anoint Smothers. Yeah, we don't right. act like Logan I mean, Smothers is like, Smothers you know, still has his own limitations. For sure. But that was that was hard because Smothers, the thing he can do, he refused to do. Yes. Use your legs. Just mind-blowing that he didn't, he didn't run for it. Uh, the defense, you good on the offense for now? You want to go to the defense? I think we beat them up enough. Yeah, we, we went 45 minutes on the offense there. But that was the, that's the story. I mean, it's remarkable. The Nick Bob Podcast is powered by Runza. You know, there are a lot of ways to to greet someone. Hey, hi, hello, what's up? Another way is, what's popping? Well, here's the thing. That greeting has taken on a new meaning now because the answer to what's popping is now Runza's new popcorn chicken. That's what's popping. Runza's new popcorn chicken is amazing. Little, bite-sized, delicious all white meat chicken that make any day better immediately. I love them. My wife loves them. My kids cannot get enough. Two-year-old Mac, six-year-old Mava are constantly wanting to get it popping. Great for a snack, great for a meal. Pair them with the best crinkle fries on planet Earth, and you are set. All I got to say is you need to get out to a Runza location nearest you and get it popping. What's so hard to understand about that? Get it popping with Runza's all-new popcorn chicken. Runza makes it all better. Defense has been good enough to win the last two games. I mean, especially in the first half, they shut Minnesota out, held Minnesota to negative seven rushing yards and 31 total yards. Caleb Tanner had his best half of the season. He had two sacks. He had a big third down stuff right at the line of scrimmage. The pass rush in general was better. Jason Peter Jr. Oh, I loved it. Oh, you, Jason Peter was like, oh, I'm so proud of him. I, I would love to have seen Jason when he came off the sidelines. Like, it was just 
Tears, let's go in the rage. basement and let's just freaking break stuff. Oh, let's go in the basement. Got some pizza rolls. We're gonna stay. Up. We're gonna drink Red Bull Stamp all night. <laughs> Rewatching that play. All right. <laughs> got the Guns and Roses out. They got we're just Guns and Roses, and they're just appetite break, for destruction. They're baby. breaking Ow! things. Watching sack highlights of that. I mean, is it sad that he? That was the first Ty Robinson first sack. I first thing I thought it was like I want. There should be a cutaway to Jason Peter for any time Ty yes. Robinson. I mean, his heart rate probably skyrocketed. But yeah, Ty Robinson, that that supposedly, like, I don't know if there was, that knocked Tanner Morgan out of the oh, game. He drilled. He drilled. I mean, drilled his ass. Ty, Morgan, Ty has been better the last about three, three, four weeks. Maybe it was. Spent the night at Jason's house a couple of weeks. Yeah, like that Indiana Rutgers games were the ones he started playing. He started to play ball a lot better. He, he is, for him, for his talent level, he's just been. I think for whatever reason he's been slow, slow to really like start making splashes. Yes. He's been better since. Absolutely, then. I still i I still don't think he's touched his ceiling at all. Like I think he's got this sort of underperformed for what I think he can do. Um, so, but it's good to see him making big plays. I think he's a guy that needs to get some confidence. But that was way. big. I mean, because yeah. Morgan stepped up in the pocket, didn't see Robinson waiting for him. Oh, that's a big kid too. Oh, I mean, it's in all all two ninety five or whatever it like on him. Yeah, it's a oh, big boy. That is that's gonna get you some extra Guns and Roses and Jason extra Peters Red Bull. <laughs> you earned an extra Guns and Roses album. I will give you my Lose Your Illusions CD <laughs> and here's two my, Red Bulls. I don't know why I'm associated Jason P with the Guns N' Roses. Like, I here's my right. T-shirt from the Appetite for Destruction tour. I went to it. I give it to you. It's like, oh, you're giving it to me, Jason? This and, is the new black shirt. And if you ever make all Big Ten, I'll give you that little weird hat Slash used to wear. <laughs> Personally gave it to me back in 96. Does the timeline, does it work? When did Appetite for Destruction come out? Oh, that, does that 80, work? 88 or so something So you can't like tell that. me Jason Peter didn't listen to Welcome to the Jungle. I mean, I feel like Growing he's a Welcome up, to the Jungle Nick, guy. He's from Jersey. Yeah, he's probably doing Appetite for Destruction, Jason Peter. There's no question. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so Appetite for Destruction. We're Googling it. July 21st, 1987. 87. A, a young teenage Jason Peter fell in love with Welcome to the Jungle. Yeah. And he has passed it on to uh, to, to Ty Robinson. But no, the the defense, again, shut him out, stoned him. And then the second half, how much did the quarterback change change the game? It, it was it changed a lot. It was a good decision by them. I don't know if Morgan even could go, but it, I mean, I think it would have been the right decision whether he could or he couldn't. Was, yeah. Um, but you know, it's also let's give him some credit. Like they didn't get anything in the first half. Like they they're good players too. They're going to make some plays. Uh, I, you know, I think they they adjusted decently well. Um, you know, and they were forcing our our DBs to defend a little bit more, which. You know, kudos to them, some good play calls. But I don't know. It's also like three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out. They just get to keep taking chances. And, you know, for right. them, it's just a matter of like a matter Eventually, of time. they're going to, yeah, like there's an, there's I an hope, inevitability. I hope you can get a yard if you just get time after time after time where, you know, your offense then can get into rhythms and get the ball back. Like I always think rhythm is a like depends on like how 
frequently are you getting the ball and how long can you hold on to it? Right. Make, makes better like rhythm offensively. So our offense was get it, get rid of it as quick, and then we wouldn't see it for a long time. Get it, get rid of it quick. Like you get out of rhythm. Right. For them, they start holding it, getting it back quick, holding it. Like they start finding their rhythm. Right. That just all makes sense to a strategy. Right. I mean, because the, the backup, he hit a couple of throws. He hit, they they threw one deep on Hartzog. They did a double move or Newsome bit on it. Yeah. They did a little slant and go. And honestly, it was lucky that ball was underthrown or that was going to be a touchdown. Yeah. And then he made a couple of runs. He he wasn't, he wasn't, but that that's what, like what he did was what Nebraska needed Chubber or Smothers to do. Don't yeah. got to go out there and be the greatest. You don't got to be Joe Montana. You might have just, to make two or three throws all game that matter. And the and rest of the time, just hand the ball off, make smart decisions and don't take sat Like, and that's, that's all they did. Did Minnesota do anything great? Like, not really. They were yes. just okay. It, and yeah, they. I think they wore us down a little bit as the game went on. They got more leaky yards, all that. But like, you know, Ibrahim. What was his long? Thirty-two run? carries, hundred and thirty-two yards. So it's like did he, he get a run over ten yards. His long was eleven. So I'm saying like, it's just 32, 32 carries, thirty-two carries of physicalness helps win a game. It doesn't like win you the game. But taking care of the ball and not, you know, well, yeah, the second controlling half, the time. I mean, let's see the time. That's the, what yeah, I, that's what I was just, so the first half time of possession was about even. It was like fifteen minutes to fourteen yeah. minutes. Second half, Minnesota held the ball for twenty minutes and Nebraska held it for ten minutes. That's it to me. That's the whole game. It's, that's that's, that's how been a it theme. Is. We've talked more about time of possession on these recap pods than uh, just about any other stat in some ways. And you, you just watch what happens. Like we don't run the ball in them second and third quarter so their defense is now you know like we're not wearing them down and then they're just starting to tee off with their pass rush and the opposite's happening with us you know like we start out with a good pass rush right and then they wear us down and then the tackling got a little tackling, uh, tackling didn't necessarily, but it just you know it did get worse it, it got yeah. a little worse where it's just it's harder to like you know ibrahim is i mean he's a little ball yeah, and, and he just rams it in there, and you know how it is. And you get four quarters. I don't, of that. But yeah, yeah you're, <laughs> like I am. I'm I'm way deep, but like you know that just that sucks. Thirty two times that mother that dude is just bighorn sheep in it. Yeah, and you're just like fuck. I gotta yeah. do this again. And the in the and the line gets a little bit more push. Where then like then it People all starts seeping. Yeah. Right, the the linemen are in your lap. You know, it gets right. a little more mucky for the DBs. All that stuff is true if you continue to run the ball. Who real quick? Let's let's. So I mean, I thought uh, I thought it was best game Tanner's played all year. Caleb Tanner, yeah. Uh, Jason Peter Jr. had a nice sack. Um, I thought Ernest Hausman made a couple of good plays. Yeah, uh, missed yeah. a few, but did did a few decent things. Uh, Isaac Gifford had a great had a few big plays. Gif- Gifford's the one I'd highlight. Gifford yes. has been so much better the last four or five games. Like he, you know, I think he, he had his you know growing pains of. But that, deservedly so. I mean, he's yeah, a young but, dude. But he, I mean, he looked really good yesterday. Yes. Like he, because that position, it's kind of a unique spot. You're, you're, you're in the box tackling a lot more than I think people think for a nickel. I mean, you have to tackle almost like a linebacker. And I think that's a little bit of a shock for, for like DBs to have to move. So that's a, that's a tougher spot, but he looked really good. He's really tackling well. He's physical. Like very physical yes. for how for what for how his young size, he is and his size for how yeah. what is how big what, he is. how big is he he doesn't look if he's very, six he's, foot two hundred pounds I'm surprised he's not there's no way he's two ten he, he he looks 
He was hitting. He was hitting yesterday. Well, there was a great play on the they, you know, they ran the little mesh play and he came in there and just blew up Ibrahim. That's what I'm saying. Physical. And like he was physical on all those tackles. Six one two hundred pounds. That's right. not very big. No, especially when you're in the box. Right. Uh, but I, I thought he's looked really nice the last few weeks. I think he's finding his his uh his groove there. Cause that's like JoJo. Like like that spot, a lot of it's about timing and instincts. because um, you're kind of on an island there. Like they're watching you. Like, are you in? Are you out? Are you covering? Are you playing run? And they're trying to kind of right dink like sometimes it's run pass off of you. Cause he he did a good job too. Some of you like he really I think it was him. There were a few times he really set the edge well. Like he, they were yeah. trying to get it outside, and he was able. He took on a guy, held it, then got got that off matters. him. It's like, like sometimes like, that that position, like just you know, I, I spent some time in that like slot before in my life, but there is like it's like how you attack a block in an angle forces like it's like there's a lot for sure. To yeah, the angles out in space and to be good in the slot and in space out there. Um, it's not easy, but I, I, I watched him closely and he's been doing a really nice job of late. Were you surprised or where did you come out on the decision that Fleck made to punt it at about midfield with two and 25 left at fourth and inches? I, I actually thought Fleck would, would have gone for it. Um, but I think they put it like, did they put it like a half a yard maybe. Like, yeah, it, yeah, it was. Inches. It wasn't a full yard, but it was. It was. I bet it was half a yard. Yeah, you know, I, it was a foot or so. Nick, I think I if, th- if they're th- playing somebody else, they go for it. I think they saw our offense and they said we're going to punt it. There's no way this this offense right now is going to score on us. I've been surprised. You know, I think Sam McEwen disagreed with the decision. Tom Chattel couldn't believe. You know, the that they couldn't believe Fleck didn't go for it. I was thinking like. That was going to be Nebraska's chance. Like, I don't know how you could have watched Nebraska's quarterbacks play and thought, like, there there was no way they were going to be able to, Nebraska was going to be able to drive the ball 80 yards and score a touchdown. So I thought, I, mean, I was, I just was yeah. curious how you landed on that play. Uh, no, I had no problem with it because they're playing, they're, they're it, saying, make them beat us. We've yet to prove that in five years, essentially. You know, like, it's that, that's the smart play then. Like, it's it's a mindset that we've got to figure out one of these days. Uh, yeah, I, the one thing I will say, anything, anything else with the defense? Mm, nah, no, I think we're good. I mean, so I told you that you know Mitch Sherman had the headline in the Athletic that his column was the maybe the end of Mickey Mania, and it's it's hard because it's like. Couple of things. Purdue game certainly had their chances. That game was one of those games that was probably closer than it should have been, but nevertheless, yeah, they're right there. I mean, what was it? Jason Peter Jr., Aiden O'Connell in the hole. If he tackles them, you know, Michael yeah. Jordan circa nineteen ninety three was going to come out. Hey, we're scoring that game. Yeah, Michael Jordan, Dream Team Jordan <laughs> was number three in for Nebraska that night. Uh, and then you know, Mickey's had his chances. Like. These last two games, up Purdue nine to six, Purdue and Illinois, Nick, Purdue and, then and Minnesota. Illinois. Yeah, I mean, you you're up, you're up nine to six in the second quarter against Illinois. You have the Ramir wheel route drop. Then Casey gets knocked out of the game two plays later. You're up ten nothing at halftime at home to Minnesota. Completely vomit on yourself and lose. You have two collapses in two second halves, and. 
here's the, here's one of the things about watching these games. Like you saw Illinois lost to Michigan State, who's having a terrible year. These teams, I don't know what you thought, and I, I respect I respect the way they go about doing. Like we've said, my brand of football is three like yards, it. cloud of dust, control the clock, win with defense, win with the running. Like that's my kind of football, but. These teams, Illinois, Minnesota, these teams are not that good. No. Illinois, Minnesota, Purdue, all fine. Great. We should beat those teams. And we could have beat those teams. And Nebraska's kind of, yeah. I mean, uh, we're not great, but like, gosh, I mean, those are winnable games. That's the thing that's amazing to me is like, this, this year more so than any other year, wow. Illinois was the 16th ranked team in the country. And they were just all right. okay. They're all right now. You could, you know, people could come in and go like, "Well, listen, Illinois could have done whatever they wanted with you, but they knew they could just play it safe, and, and Nebraska was just gonna, you know." And that's fine, whatever. I just know these teams are not that good. No, and, and so that, that's what's really frustrating about it. Is like, boy, well, oh boy. I'll tell you what, you know, and like I said, we we've all been kind of rooting for Mickey here, and um, I know most of the state has, and I I feel bad because I mean that. That's his, his opportunity, which I, it, I, I don't know. Like I said, we'll see what happens. So it's still too early to tell what Trev wants to do because uh, he might he might have made up his mind pretty quick that it is Mickey. I just don't. I have no idea. But, I mean, let me tell you this. If he beats Purdue, he beats Illinois, and he beats Minnesota, and that would have been five straight wins, Nick? Yeah. Is there any way he doesn't get the job with five straight wins? He's got the job. It's his. And so that's the part that is... He's got to be kind of kicking him. Mickey's got to be at his house today. Just like, God damn. Because he, you know, he knows he knows how, like I said, the the wheel route, the, you know... You're, the wheel route, uh, you're up 10 nothing at half at Minnesota. Yeah. I mean, it, it, Purdue goes forward at the 50-yard line. Ty Robinson just has to tackle Aiden O'Connell. Yeah. And, you're, like, those kinds of things. Like, basically, if... Ramir catches the wheel route and Ty Robinson tackles Aiden O'Connell and and whip sticks with running the ball. I mean, and that's where it's like it's 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 not and we play this game all the time. We do. If, if, it's if, fun, but, to, like, but it's fun to play because it's right. like this. It's one thing. It's like, well, they beat us uh, 62 to three. So because it's that's like, coming this weekend. Yeah, that's Michigan a- is going to motherfucking <laughs> pulverize Nebraska. So that, that's what I'm saying. Like, you're going to see this weekend, Nebraska isn't even close, okay? Like, oh, that's not what these last three weeks have been. And so that's what's amazing is for all the all of the flaws that Nebraska has, they're, they could have easily won these last three games. Having leads on on, on teams like Illinois and, and, uh, Minnesota. and Minnesota. It's like, that's the stuff, though, that... Those are the games that I talk about, like, you blew an opportunity. Because, like, it's not that you can't beat those teams because you clearly are, like, taking leads on them and and dominating stretches. So, like, that tells me, like, oh, you're capable of this. But we have an ability to not be capable of, like, doing things for four quarters. We have seemingly... We can't do things for three quarters. Yeah. Most of the time, we can't do things for two quarters. Sometimes we'll do it for two quarters, but never three. Never. And never four. No. And so that's the part where to beat great teams like Michigan, got to do it for four quarters. Oh, yeah. Against really good teams, three. Crappy teams, you can do it for two. 
But most teams in the Big Ten West, Nick, you got to do it for three quarters. Right. You can have a down quarter. You can't have a down half. It's just... You cannot have a half where you don't play. And they have... We have consistently taken a half off. Yeah, like first half Rutgers atrocious yeah second half illinois atrocious second half minnesota atrocious like you could go on i mean fourth quarter northwestern atrocious entire game defensively against georgia southern terrible uh for the first half against north dakota not good like you know there's always just been one quarter or for sure for sure two quarters where nebraska has not just been bad like they have just been embarrassingly bad yeah we we gotta find a way to be a little bit more complete throughout a game and that's just hard. I, yeah, I, I, you know, whoever's going to take this thing over, which we, you know, we don't know, but it's coming soon. You would think so. Um, they need to think long and hard about how are we going to win here? And they're going to have to find, you know, find that philosophy. A lot of it would, I think what we talk about, I, I think that's probably the way to do it, but you know, we got to let these, whoever it is have their plan, but Man, I'll tell you what, you, you better you better not assume anything. You better get every detail covered because I, I just we've seen now if you don't, we've had a bunch of people try it and it's it's doesn't yeah. work. It doesn't work unless you get you get every detail. Here here's a sobering statistic to illustrate just how dire and poor of a situation this next head coach is walking into. Every Power 5 program has been to a bowl game since 2017 except for two teams, Kansas and Nebraska. And with Kansas's win yesterday afternoon over Oklahoma State, Lance Leipold and the Jayhawks are going bowling. And with Nebraska's loss to the Gophers at home, it assures that Nebraska is not going to go bowling for all intents and purposes. They're not going to win these last three games. Yeah. So say it out loud. Nebraska is going to be the only Power 5 program since 2017 to not go to a bowl game. Oh, my God. That's unbelievable. So I think it's important in order to... You know, I think there's something to it. Like for those weight loss shows, they make you like, they, if you got to step on the scale, you got to get in your underwear, you got to take a photo for you to really look and be like, God damn. You know, like you, in uh, order to change your reality, you must first acknowledge reality. We're, we're like the worst, aren't we? I, I'm just saying, like that would suggest it. If you, if you would say there's only one power conference program since 2017, that's not to a, go to a bowl game. You would say, well, that program must be the worst power five program over the last, during that time. I mean, you could make that case. Oh man. That hurt. It, it, it's, it's but, but again, sometimes it's, you got to say this shit out loud. Yeah. You got to say it out loud. Nebraska is arguably and on paper, the worst football program since 2017 in the Power Five at the Power Five level. Uh, like you are so walking bad. into a full fledged that sort of a situation. Yeah. Oh my god. So I mean, I don't want to step too much on our next pod of like you know. I mean, it's hard to we've we've had the Mickey conversation a million times. Like it does. You know, there's just the end of Mickey mania. Like we've kind of get into that. It felt like this was his window to get the job 
were these three games. Yeah. You you needed uh, to make a lot of you it was like you were needed to store food before winter hit and winter was Michigan. Yeah. yeah. And, and now you're going to Harbaugh's crib. I think it, I think it winning those games not only like helps you probably get the job it also helps you play the last three games. Like right. it, like now you can't go to a bowl game and I mean he's got a job on his hands just to get these guys to play hard these next three games. Right. You know, like to, to, to put that, out a good product without, if Casey's not playing, uh, we're going to Michigan, like, oh baby, we, you know, you better, we better get, if we play well against Michigan and Wisconsin and Iowa, whether we win or not, like if we just play well and play hard, that's a credit to these coaches and players if they can do that. Cause this is like, you know, this is an age where I think people are, are quick to throw in the towel for the season. And I think for these guys to play hard from here on out, that's what we're looking for. Well, and it just gets harder too if it is Mickey. This is why we were talking on this last pod of like, I felt like the sooner you could, if it's if you want it to be Mickey, you probably needed to do it sooner rather than later because you it's going to get hard. What's going to get harder now, you know, you uh, we could flip what you said ago. Like if you beat Purdue, Minnesota, and Illinois, Mickey, you almost have to hire Mickey. Yeah, and I and you kind of got a you got a vibe with that a little bit. But if you lose six straight to end the seat, you lose to Purdue, Illinois, Minnesota, yeah. and that, and then Michigan, Wisconsin, Iowa. It's hard to then name Mickey the head coach. Gets harder. So I don't know, but see, it's so strange. I mean, I don't know. If we need to get into the coaches too much, but like, I still like. I don't got a feel for what what's out there right now. I don't either. And and what's what's hard is, you know, you're like I've caught myself because there was a huge. I, you were on a text with us Thursday for whatever reason. Rumor rumor mill like was yeah. like you know like really got rolling. It ended up being nothing happened, but yeah. People are officially getting antsy, and in the absence, in the void, and absence of information, people are going to fill in information with whatever they can just make up stuff. I think. I felt like, man, it's really quiet. What's going on? It's like, well, I've said this. Is what I like, I said on Wednesday when I was talking to you, I view the silence as it's not Mickey. Yeah, the silence. I think a lot of people right now are viewing the silence as like, oh, this coaching search might not be going well. It's like, well, a lot of maybe they're talking to guys that are current coaches, and they're not gonna. You're not going to announce right now, like, hey, we're uh, Trev Alvish. Like, it's a pleasure to announce that I'm going to be hiring Dave Aranda as our next head coach. Dave is currently in Waco, Texas, coaching, coaching Baylor. They got he a big game this they week. They got a I'll, big game. Like, maybe I should have said that. That I don't want to mess things up for him. Pretend I didn't say so that. You can't, so I also <laughs> think people need to like, I you can't announce it you, until the season's over. If it's, yeah, like if it's Mickey, you could do it now. And that's why I thought if it's Mickey, you needed to do it now. If, and that's why I don't. Th- if it's Matt Rule. If it's Matt Rule, you could do it now. Those are the only. If two. it's Mickey, you could do it now. Everybody else is a coach somewhere. So if it's Aranda, if it's Leipold, Leipold if it's Campbell, Chris Kleiman, if it's if Matt it's Kleiman, Campbell, like those are the big four coaches, right? That would probably be like on top of. Well, did you see Bruce Feldman of on Big Noon Kickoff? He had a report on the latest of the Nebraska shirt uh, coaching search, and hit the four were Matt Rule, Jeff Munkin, the Army head coach. I'm sure where that came from. I mean, I don't doubt Bruce. Bruce is... Can't hack! Attention! Marriage! We're going to do... We're going to line up! The, so, Jeff Munkin, Matt Rule, Bill O'Brien, and okay. Gary Patterson. 
Okay. Those were the four names that he threw out there for Nebraska's job. To me, I'm like, interesting. Um, Because he keeps on talking about how Bill O'Brien has a connection with Trev. I'd have to look into what that is. Yeah. And then Gary Patterson, I don't, I don't know what I, I'd have to let that one marinate a little bit. Yeah, I thought he was the defensive coordinator. No, he's like he's the, the analyst. Yeah, he's, so that kind of I was he's ex- like he's in the ring. Like, yeah, 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 do that. Yeah, thanks, Gary. I would. Yeah, I like that. Would you do that? I would do it. I would do it would if do I were. That. If it was my decision, I'd vote. You betcha. How'd <laughs> <laughs> it work out? Yeah, I've done it too. Did we get him? I would have done it too. Yep. Oh, we didn't. <laughs> I told you it was a bad idea. If you need me, I'll be in my office. <laughs> I'll be analyzing. Oh, yeah. That's so <laughs> not. <laughs> oh, we don't know a defensive analyst, do we? What do they do? What the hell do they do? Why would a defensive analyst just sit you in a room get and the just. coach, so, like, what do you do? Yeah, we act like Gary Patterson's like an idiot. But no, Gary Patterson's not the defensive coordinator. <laughs> did it work? Yes, did it work? I would have done it. <laughs> He gets to take credit for things that work like, well. Wasn't my idea. Hey, Sark. Wasn't my idea. Wasn't I told him new way. Oh, nah. we, we, it did. It did work. I told him the whole I week. Told I told him. No. Saw it on film. <laughs> knew it the moment I saw it. Oh, what what play we talk? Oh, I don't know. But Bill O'Brien, oh. Gary Patterson, Jeff Munkin, who is making people drop and give him 50 as we speak. And then... Matt Rule. Dan Hood. Dan Hood. <laughs> so, there you go. We will get more into the coaching search thing. Uh, uh, here's the thing. Okay, it's Sunday. We got Doug. By the way, I want to listen to Welcome to the Jungle before we leave in honor of Jason Peter. But we'll do that. Uh, just just don't want to plant that seed. No, you. you know what? Uh, no, I don't know. Coaching stuff. Do you want to save it? Let's save it. Let's save the coaching stuff. I think we've set our piece. This was probably for us. We went a little hard. In we the went a little hard. I feel like uh, I'd like to I announce. Take it all back. Oh, do I take it all back. I do take it all back. Hold on, I'm a defensive <laughs> analyst. <laughs> How do we do? We lost. Ah, I knew it. I knew oh, we Whipple, Whipple was listening to this, and he's uh, mad at me. I take it all. I back. I take it all back too. I, I take, take it all. As an back. analyst, I'd like to say I didn't mean what I said. I didn't mean it. <laughs> I can't be held. <laughs> it is coming up next. It's Bo Rude Nick Baj hit song. I didn't mean it to Mark Whipple. <laughs> Coming up next in the top forty, the smash hit. I would have done that too. <laughs> At number fifteen, it's the defensive analyst's hit song. I would have done that too. <laughs> uh, that doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> Coming up next, the defensive analyst hit of the week. What do we run? <laughs> That's so stupid. That's so stupid. What we the way we've depicted defensive analysts like they show up, they don't know oh, what's I going hope they on. Give Gary Patterson the job. Oh my god, what are we doing? This is so stupid. Oh, let's are go down ready? the basement. Are you ready? Let's get some Red Bull. Are you ready? For Jason Peter and Ty Robinson's, just they, after the sack, they went to Jason's house and it was pretty simple what they needed to do. Let's do it, baby. Come on, baby. Let me make sure we're connected to this thing. Oh my God, you have just rocked my world, my friend. 
Oh, oh we got to connect. We're going to connect. Hang on just a second here. Oh, they were connected. <laughs> what we run? <laughs> you ready? Let's do it. Let's play it out, buddy. Come on, baby. Oh, come on. We're having technical difficulties here. Okay, well. No, we're going to get it. Yeah. Jason Peter. Ty, come on downstairs. Ty, come on, man. Red Bull. Got the beanbags out. Cleared them out, baby. That's Tanner Morgan, Ty. I want you to take a look at him. Dive on his face. Christian used to hit each other in the face of his soul, baby. And we'll see you all next week. We'll see you next week.